Chris Rabel along with us. What's going on, everybody? Hey, we're here in episode 23, I think. Um, man, we, we've been looking back at this thing and just going, boy, we have just talked about a lot of different stuff, a lot of information. Um, we're getting a lot of great feedback. People are digging it, getting little pieces from, from what we're talking about. And that's that's why we do this, man. You know, even if you get one little piece of information from the hour long thing that we do, um, you know, I think, uh, I think it makes us feel good that we do that. Um, cool. Uh, what do you want to talk about today? Let's talk about, let's talk about the road. Let's talk about, <laughs> let's talk about let's shows. Yes. Yeah. Just talk let's about talk. gigs. Just gigs. Gigs. Let's talk about gigs. Yeah. I remember when we used to do those things. Remember exactly. those things? Yeah. And as much as everyone's saying that now in the joking, only not joking way, yeah, yeah, let's yeah. let's really just talk about doing gigs. <laughs> um, maybe we talk about like the best experiences or the coolest gigs that you've done, like gig stories. Um, or, and then maybe some of the worst ones. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and uh, I don't know. Do you want to start us off? Like what? I guess if someone were not a musician or maybe like one of your friends that's not in the music business and they said, Hey man, like what's the, what do you have in your brain? That's like the coolest experience that you had as an engineer. Like what, what was your best? Yeah. Experience? The one, because you do get that question from time to time, you get a couple questions. You get the, what's your favorite place to play, which is the most right. open-ended question ever. You know, because there's so many variables. It's like what size tour and what, you know, what genre, what this and that. Uh, but I do have one memory that then gives way to another memory. I, I think of this time with Lady Gaga, 2000 something, 12, <laughs> I think somewhere around there, 11, 12, 13, somewhere in there. And it was, it was in Paris, France at the Stade de France. And it was, uh, you know, that place, they pack them in there. I mean, there's... Oh, man, they pack them in there. Yeah. yeah I mean, there's like 75,000 people there. You yes. Know? And uh, it was the beginning of just this one song. I'll tell you the song. The song is called Poker Face. And it's yep. one of her giganta hits. You know what I mean? And it's like, and it's not like I'm a fan. It's not like it means anything to me personally. Right. You no, know, but it just starts with this synth intro it's just so ominous and so signature and also one of those moments that like shit's about to go down. Like when the beat drops, you've been waiting for a second and you, and you know it's coming. And I was just sitting there at the desk. Man, I just remember it. It was like it started and I just had this oh shit, almost scared feeling. Yes. You know, yes. where I'm looking around. I was just looking around and I'm like, this is a moment in time. This matters. This is important. You know, it was just, it was a memory in the moment. That's awesome. Yeah. And it just, I was so aware of what was going on and how wonderful it was and how hard I had to fucking work to be able to have those kind of moments. And then sure as shit, as soon as the beat dropped and it sounded amazing. Isn't that great? It I was that. just, it was, again, it was like a memory as it was happening. It was, it was like super special. And then I've got a, a 
several of those, but that one particular one sticks in my head all the time. That's awesome, man. Um, what about you? Like, what comes to, mem- to mind first? One that's similar to that. Um, I was mixing Guns N' Roses in 2001. So this was Axel's Guns N' Roses. It wasn't the original band members. Uh, but it was the first time that Guns N' Roses had kind of reformed. Um, or or it's the first time in 10 years that any member of Guns N' Roses had played. So there was lots of, you know, press and everybody was super stoked about it. Um, and one of the very first shows that we did was Rock and Rio. Um, and Rock and Rio is this giant, or back then in 2001, was this giant field. 300,000 people. Mm-hmm. The last delay tower all the way in the back is so far you can't see the stage. You're literally watching it on TV, right? Mm -hmm. Um, So there was, I think, I can't remember, but like at least four rows of delay towers to get to the last person all the way in the back. Mm -hmm. Huge. Lots of energy. Um, So big at that time, um, we couldn't even leave the site for two days. Like we got there to do... Uh, sound check and all that kind of stuff the day two days before the show and we couldn't leave the show uh, because they were afraid they couldn't get us back and the only way that they were going to get Axel in is by a helicopter right so um, at the time (laughs) uh, I don't know what he's doing now but uh, Axel was living up to his name and not showing up you know, uh, on time, he's, he's notorious for that. Like, you know, literally shows up, um, you know, way, way, way late. Well, uh, so we, they had a bunch of other bands and honestly, I can't remember what the other bands were that opened up for it, but you know, I mean, there's a couple of prominent, you know, bands, um, and the band before us finished at like 1030 and we were supposed to go on at 11 o'clock at night. Well, uh, about one thirty, Jesus, his a helicopter came over the crowd and landed in the back. And then about, I think he finally came on the stage about two thirty in the morning. Um, so can you imagine the energy of 300,000 people pent up from 11 at night until two thirty in the morning expecting to see this giant show and just getting, you know, crushed in the barricade, people to people like this. The energy of that was just intense, dude. It was like I was at in front of house going, whoa, this right. is borderline dangerous. This is yeah. dangerous. Yeah. I mean, literally like people, they had um, the sides were still down, but the front was open, but mm-hmm. the sides were still down. And people you mean a front of house? At front of house. Yeah, yeah. I'm talking about in front of house. Um, so the sides were still down in front of the house and people were just chucking drinks, you know, into mm-hmm. the side, you know, and it was coming through the, the, uh, the netting. And it was just, I mean, it was just intense. Right. And we were just sitting out there going, Oh my God, because the thing is, is you can't leave because he'll, he'll just decide all of a sudden that he's going to, you know, come out there. So you mm-hmm. can't just like go and like, you know, go backstage and wait for him. You have to be at front of house. Mm-hmm. So at any moment he'll come out. Um, so, 300,000 people just mad, just angry. Mm-hmm. And um, 2.30 in the morning, uh, the first song is Paradise City, and it's this oh, same thing. Yeah. 
Signature. Yeah. Or, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Not Paradise City. Uh, welcome to the Jungle. Either, either uh, or. Yeah, either either or. one. Either one. But, but um, the guitar part, just like what you were talking about with Lady Gaga, is this signature thing, right? Mm-hmm. So, first song, you know, House Lights, and it's... Dude, and 300,000 people are jumping at the same time and a cement bunker, not a scaff front of house, a cement slabbed bunker at front of house starts doing this. I mean, I'm at my console, like literally scared shitless and yeah. the whole thing is like doing this thing um it just was intense dude just the vibe of of that pent-up energy and the release of that um that guitar part uh there's nothing like that dude man the the, the hairs on my arms still stand up like even when i was telling that story i'm like oh, man, oh no it's it. amazing you know <clears throat> um so that was just one of those moments um and then the funny part about that gig was at the end of that gig, um, there was supposed to be this huge um, fireworks show and, and Pyro Pete, I don't know if you know him, but he's a you know, famous, famous Pyro guy. Um, he was backstage and it was going to be, you know, they were like, stay in place at the downbeat of the last song, stay in place, there's going to be a huge fireworks show, you know? Um, so we get to the end of the show and we're all like standing there expecting this shit to happen and like, you know, nothing nothing's going on nothing's going on and like five minutes go by and we go okay whatever i guess we start packing up um so then i go backstage after i packed up all front of house and i'm like what happened to the fireworks show and someone during the show had come and stolen his console uh <laughs> like, that was at rock and rio yes that's so very at- cool that's that's great so there was just wires hanging there when he came to go shoot pyros just wires yeah, hanging there, you know. That's great. Console. And what are they going to do with that console? And I have no idea. Yeah, that's yeah. that's amazing. Yeah. That's amazing. You know, this conversation—it's making me think. You know, the best is like when you're at a gig, and a lot of times the outdoor ones, uh, and/or stadiums, you know, where it's just conducive to kick ass. That's where a lot of these memories. Of course, there's just as many memories in in theaters and arenas. But when you're outside, and it's changeover. And you just, you, you, know, you know how it is, like, you know your walk-in music intimately at those low, and you just, even that, you're like, oh, fuck, this is going to happen. Yeah. Tonight's going to happen. You yeah. know what I mean? And you talk about, when you were mentioning the sides on front of house, like that feeling when all those guys come out there, that army of dudes come out to, they're going to roll it back, and they're going to uncover you, and it's a beautiful night, and it's yep. still, and it sounds amazing, and you're sitting there with whatever act and you're dialed and you're locked and you're loaded and you're like fuck it's gonna happen tonight guys. Like, <laughs> i'm getting laid you know yeah, what I mean? that's totally it man <laughs> it's it's going to happen yeah, you know yeah, that's yeah. The, and of course you and, and then you've got that like guarded like you know get to you know just hit your marks <laughs> you know, we need fate on our side but you kind of know it's coming man it's yeah there's no better feeling you know i tell people all the time um uh, I was just doing this mentor thing, whatever, um, that uh, kids that were at Berkeley and we were getting an opportunity to be on a Zoom call with them. And it was really cool, mm-hmm. except that most of them were like wanting to be producers and engineers. Um, and I always say to those guys, I'm like, 
man, you don't know what you're missing, man. You know, uh, being a producer and engineer is really cool and having a product that you gets released and, you know, all that kind of stuff is amazing, but there is nothing like being at a show yeah. and you making a move on your console, you're pushing, pushing yeah. a guitar solo and having 30,000 people react to that. Yes. There's, there's nothing better. Than, yeah. You know? And that's the thing. I think if there's a takeaway from this, um, you know, the main one is like, you know, you look at someone like yourself or I who, you know, perched in a pretty seemingly nice position in the industry. Things have worked out okay, but that's not, no one gave us that. You know, there was a lot of hard work and a lot of dedication and a lot of things bounced our way. For sure. Let's be honest. But like, it's not lost on me and it's clearly not lost on you when it's a special moment. Like it's still, am I jaded? Of course I'm fucking jaded. I'm tired, you know? Uh, I was. Yeah, I was. Right. So it's like, you know, but it's not lost on me ever. When it's me, a special me either, moment. man. I'm you know? so, so grateful um, for the position that I've been in. And, you know, that's an interesting conversation because I always tell people, there was a great deal of being in the right place at the right time. And a lot, I hate that adage really, because it's like, that means that everything is left to choice. I mean, everything is left to, you know, it, it implies all luck. Exactly. It implies mm -hmm. all luck, which is not true at all. What I say to people is I was in the right place at the right time, but I put myself in the right place at the right time. Yeah. So I was the one standing next to the dude that got fired Mm -hmm. And the artist looked at that dude and said, you're fired, you're up. You yep. know? Um, and I was the one that put myself in that spot. Mm -hmm. um, so there's, there's a lot of um, what you can do to put yourself in the right place at the right time. So mm -hmm. I'm just saying um, I, I'm aware of that and I'm grateful for all of the things that have happened to me in my career. Um, but, but like you said, it's, it, you know, a lot of it's hard work too, man. How about, a, how about a bad one? We'll go kind of good, then bad, good, bad. Um, I don't, yeah, I don't know that I have, if I think really hard, I'm sure I can come up with one. Um, you know, because I have, well, here's the deal. Part of what makes the good ones so good is because I'm a firm believer, like the, the with live sound, it's essentially on a daily, nightly basis, what is the best I can pull out of this room? or this environment, because that's the funny thing. We're talking about what, you know, these memorable shows. Let's say you did 100, 200 shows on that tour. It's more or less the same goddamn mix. It was yep. just all the other variables on that. All environment. aligned on that one they day. All aligned. So it's like I'm, do, I'm doing, I'm, I'm, I'm giving everyone the same effort, the same product. That just goes to show how many variables are working against us at any time in that, that's why, like, I don't golf, but I understand the allure because yes. you struggle, you struggle, you struggle, and then you hit gold, and suddenly the world's great. That's, that's kind of like live audio. Like you said, you mentioned those people, hey, you don't know what you're missing. Part of why it's so special is because it's not a guaranteed win all the time. So when what that means is I go in and, man, I, I swing for the fences with every show, but I also have a realistic expectation yeah, I just, I know how good it's going to be or not going to be. You know? <laughs> I know. In saying that, I've got a million bad ones, and, and I'm less than pleased, even if I'm realistic, if I'm like, you know what, this is as good as it could be, 
but damn it, I wish I, I wish it was more. That's me more times than not, you know. So, well, uh, I mean, you know, come on. How uh, we we've talked about this before, where um, this is a horrible thing to say, but in my thirty years in this business, I've maybe walked away from five shows mm-hmm. where I went. That was it. Couldn't Same. get any better. Right. Right. That's, that's I did the best that I could and all the other things aligned Yes, and that's it. But, but think about that. That's five shows in thousands I know. of shows. So, I know. Yeah. That's why when I'm trying to think of one, you know, I think about, I'll just give you an example. Um, it's kind of staying over in Europe. There's the big arena. It might even be like an indoor stadium, <clears throat> excuse me, in, I think it's in Barcelona. And I can't remember what it's called. Um, Barcelona. It's, uh, it's gigantic, and it is absolutely dreadful and horrific. And from note one, that's one of these places that's like, a, you know, it's indoors, but they can s- squeeze 30,000 in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you know, every time from note one, I just sit there, and I'm like, okay, I know what it is. I know what I can do. I know what I can't do. I know where the bar is set. But then – 12 minutes into that experience, I'm just like, fuck me, fuck this. You know, I just, I can't help. It's the same reason that why in poor mix positions or early on in clubs, I was never good at, okay, just know that it sounds good down there. I know that. Intellectually, I know it sounds better down there. But if I'm sitting in it and it sucks, I'm still subject to that. So there are many, 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 many times where that's just the deal, where it's like, okay, tonight is what it is fine be all zen about it but then after a while i'm just pissed anyway. uh, so i can't i can think of a million examples of that but i can't yeah. think of one where everything just went maybe maybe we'll keep talking something will come up do you have yeah. one that was just like the ultimate shit show of all time or oh yeah yeah, yeah. uh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely like, like you just like, almost looked at me like uh, yeah plenty. yeah i've had a bunch of them um my one that I tell a lot, and I don't know if I've told you this one, but it, it is the my like one moment of like, oh, I cannot believe I did that. Um, uh, Lincoln Park in mm-hmm. Nashville. So you know how that is like, you know, if I don't know why that is true, but it's true that whenever you're in a music yes. city, like Nashville or Los Angeles or New York City, all of a sudden the pressure of that show is greater. Yes. I don't know why I you give want to my be at Des Moines on a Tuesday because that's when everything, you know, because no one gives a shit, you know. I just don't get it because I give my all in all shows and uh, I, I'm not altering anything at a Nashville show, uh, but I feel more pressure for some reason. It, I don't know. Anyway, it, totally. Yeah. Um, so uh, I had just started to work on a profile. And um, so I. Uh, had it in rehearsals and then I think I probably did maybe like six shows before this show um, so sold out night Bridgestone Arena um, you know lots of energy this was uh, during the Minutes to Midnight tour which was like a big record for, for Lincoln Park they were you know their songs were in the top five on the radio that kind of shit so it was sold out big moment um, <laughs> in the middle of a song I reached up, turned on that flashing red button. Uh, this is you and dropping the plug in. And instantiated yeah. <laughs> a plug in. 
Right. And it wasn't just a regular plugin. It was like, I think it was a McDSP uh, 4000 stereo version of a 4000, mm-hmm. which on a profile probably takes at least 20 seconds mm-hmm. to, to load. Um, so it was, you know, the entire PA and it felt like 30,000 people turned around and stared at me. That's mm-hmm. what it felt like. I knew that that wasn't happening, of course. But, that's, but that's what it felt like. The band continues on because they're all in ears. None of the band uses wedges, so they're just up there playing, you know. And I'm, you know, there's those that moment where you're like, what, what just happened? And then I realize I'm the guy that just made that happen. Mm-hmm. And then I see the, the plug-in just sitting there blinking, you know, and I'm like, this is going to be the longest 30 seconds of my life. This yep. is... And what was what was worse about it was not the down, it was the up. Mm-hmm. Uh, so as soon as the plug-in instantiated, it just, I mean, it was like 104 oh, dB four. of... Oh, <laughs> oh. oh it was awful. Um, yeah. And I, you know, I know that the people were, that were at that show were probably just like, oh, they had a sound issue and, you know, and continued on. And it was only really 20 seconds, but it felt like four years to me. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't get my head back in the game for the rest of the show. Like, I, you know, it suffered because I was so, like, beating myself up over Rattled. a stupid thing that I'd done. So yeah. I have never, ever done that ever again turn on that blinking red button on a profile. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's, you know, that's just the deal as good as it feels to be steering that ship. And like you said, to where to make a, make a move and you know that it wasn't just a good move in the audio sense. It was a good move on an experiential level. Like that guitar solo made people move that Tom roll that whatever you just did, you shaped the way things move. That's great. That's a wonderful, powerful, dare I say, that's a good feeling. But the flip side, when you fuck up, like <laughs> you fuck up, <laughs> is just the worst. And you know, man, you watch, like I've worked with some artists, speaking of Lady Gaga, man, she can hit, as talented as she is, she can sit there and hit 12 bad notes in a row and the magic of her is she just soldiers on and does not care wow you know what i mean and it's so impressive like we you know she'd be playing piano and uh that someone is like yeah she's kind of playing piano with boxing gloves on again tonight like she's just wrong note after but with such conviction you know and uh and that was always so inspiring to me i'm like man she doesn't care and then conversely i've had other artists i've worked with to where I'll explain it to people. I'm like, you know when you're on the bus and they hit the rumble strips? They correct. Everything's fine. When this artist hits those rumble strips, and this is a gigantic fucking artist, everybody, as big as it gets, they hit the rumble strips, and then they freak the fuck out, and then they drive into the ditch, and then they stay in the ditch, and they might not ever make it back to the highway, you know? And that's important for us to remember, too, as engineers, because I, man, I do the same thing, and when I fuck up, I'm like, man, just move on. Just move on. Just move on. on. Yeah, forget about it. It's done. 
when you understand maybe the politics of it and like, okay, that's a trip to the dressing room or that's a question, you know, you oh, can't. Oh, that was a trip to the dressing room I, for I, sure. <laughs> I'm sure it was. So when that's a reality, you're not wrong, but you, but God, you just, you got to keep your head in the game yeah. and keep going. So you mentioned the Nashville gigs or the LA gigs, or the New York gigs. I'm with you, man. Those things, it's everyone's on high alert. Everything, yeah. there's a different vibe. The artist has more guests. There's just, there's that added element of, ridiculousness that just yeah. makes people uptight and it typically makes for it rarely are those good shows yeah. you know what i mean but um there's also if you've been doing this long enough and you've been in and out of these rooms a lot there's that added element of pressure of shit the last time i was in here i really crushed this place and then if it's not living up to your memory you know what i'm talking about totally you can be just like what am i doing it's me it's this new it's this desk it's this way i'm mixing <laughs> It's just, I just, you know, it's like you just, the wheels start turning. Totally. So, so that can be rough. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Man, I had, uh, I'm just going to keep, keep going at it. Yeah, I've got a few more. Oh, do you? Great. Yeah. Uh, you you want to share one? I just, no, no, I just no, 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 Gene Simmons has this gag uh, where he is he, – they put a harness on him and they fly him up to the top of where the, the first uh, lighting truss is in the front. There's a platform up there, right? And um, the automation back then wasn't as good as what they had now. And it was actually two guys had to fly this contraption to get him to, up to this platform, right? So one guy is the forward and back part of it, and another guy is the lift part of it. And they both have joysticks, and they're kind of working in conjunction with each other mm -hmm. to lift him up from the ground and, put, and place him on the, the, the platform. Um, so normally that's how it works. You know, they, they get pretty good. And he does this whole thing where he does one of these and then flies. You know, it's lifted up and, and gets put on, on the platform. And then – on that platform is a mic stand in the front and he sings a whole song from there. So it's like the God of Thunder song. Mm -hmm. So no, the normal way it works is he gets lifted up onto the platform. There's a mic up there. He stands, plays his bass and sings th the one song up there. Then they pick him up and, and pull him down. Well, <laughs> this one night they picked him up. Here's the platform. They picked him up and drug him oh. across the platform to the front. <laughs> And then they drug him back to the back side of it. And then they lifted him up and then dropped him. This is an old man too, mind you. Oh my yeah. goodness. <laughs> and so think about what happened when they drug him across the thing, the mic stand uh, yeah. broke uh -huh. and it's, it's sitting there. It's literally hanging by the XLR over the crowd kind of right. And I'm like, what's he going to do? They just landed him up there and he's, now he doesn't have a microphone. Yeah. So he actually, I thought, I watched him reach down and, you know, yank the mic cable up, right? And then grab the stand. And I'm like, oh shit, he's going to javelin that into the crowd. He's going to fucking throw that thing into the crowd and kill somebody. Um, but he didn't. What he did was he picked it up, he jammed it in his armor so that the microphone was right here. Yeah. Right? And and sang the song kind of you know all you know what man credit 
You know, that's, that's, that's a guy that's been around long enough. Yeah. Um, and, uh, anyway, and then at the end of the song, he took it out of his armor and he set it back down and they, they picked him up and, you know, brought him down. And, uh, where they used to do that from was, uh, stage right, um, uh, um, where Pyro and where, you know, um, his tech was, Spike, his tech. They used to fly him from over there, and Spike said as soon as they landed him, the two guys were like, later. <laughs> they were like, didn't want to get yelled at. They were like, see ya. Yeah. Um, but uh, <laughs> anyway, I thought that was a great moment because I was like, oh, shit, what's he going to do? How is he going to sing this song? He's going to have to come back down, and it's going to be horrible, and he just figured it out. Yeah. <clears throat> it is cool when you have the artists that – they have everything, you know, they, they've got all, they've got 7 million techs, they've got 900 assistants, they've got all the technology in the world, but they're left in that moment where it is kind of back to like, no, pull on that fucking cable and get that thing near your face somehow. Like they're, they're back to just the bar shit, you know? That's totally it, man. That's, totally. That, that's, that's pretty cool. Um, I got to give them credit. I got to give them credit. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. You know, I'm thinking, I'm thinking of like in generalities now, and I'm thinking about a poor feeling is, you know, when you've got a problem, you're at a show, you're supposed to be this, particularly when you come with a, with a reputation at a certain point, you know, or you're supposed to be good because apparently you are pretty good <laughs> and you're good enough, or at least you fooled them long enough and right. you're there and you just, it's just not working. It's just not your day. It's just not working. It, I'll go. I'll go one step further. That day is the day that you're, someone shows up that you're specifically you are trying to impress. Yes. Yes. So, like maybe another production manager is visiting. I've had moments like this where another production manager is visiting. I don't really care about the artist that he works for, but I'm like, you know what? This if person he comes. If he comes and he likes my mix, maybe he'll think about hiring me for some other gig. Well, he comes to the one gig that is just a fucking disaster. That's a shit show. Exactly. Oh, man. Yeah. Anyway, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but it's like, it's always, those are the gigs is when the person that matters is standing behind you. That's the way it works. And I'm thinking about, you know, I'm going to talk about like on a level of, of like a vocal. And, you know, here I am, I'm Mr. Like, man, you know what my trick is? I keep it simple. I'm confident in the tuning. I don't put 800 notches in there. I don't do any tricks. I don't do shit. Just know your shit and it'll work out. I promise. Have faith. Blah, 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 blah. There are some nights, if it's the right vocalist or the wrong vocalist, and they're in front of the PA, whatever the conditions are, what they are, and it's just, it's either it's, it's ringing or it wants to ring or you just, and man, I, you get to the point to where, and there's a lot of guys that, that won't cop to this. I'll cop to it. I have no problem where I'm just like, I don't know what to do. You oh, know what dude, I Dude, mean? I've had those moments. It's I've horrible. Done, and you know why I don't know? Because I do know that I've done everything. I have pulled every tri tip and trick out of my hat to yes. make it happen. And it's still not working. And the, and the stuff that's left, the options that are left are bullshit. That's They're right. not real. You know what I'm saying? Like they don't fucking work. And so you're, <clears throat> what that means is you're stuck and you got to ride it out and you just got to sit in that until it's over. And that is a humbling, humbling, humbling place to be very much a, a, a an anxiety inducing sort of feeling. And so, and I, I don't have a specific one of those, but like that, that shit happens. And again, that's where, that's what makes the good ones that much 
that's what makes the good one so special. You totally. Because those terrifying moments are moments that you'll never forget. You know, those oh. are moments that are just like, oh my God, I, it, don't, I don't know what to do. Yeah. yeah. And, and that's the thing is like when you've been doing it long enough, and again, you're always still learning, but when you've been doing it long enough, you've been doing it long enough to know how you've seen this movie before. You know how it plays out. And that's just like I mentioned the place in Barcelona, for example, or in the States, that arena in um, Salt Lake. Yeah, Which yeah. I think was like may have been the first one on that Bieber run that you took. <laughs> I think so too. Yeah. You poor fucker. Um, like that place just sucks, and you know it sucks. Right. There, there are no tricks. It's going to be a shitty night. Just get it over with. So it's like you know how this plays out, you know. Um, and so the, you know what? That's a good. It, this is a segue. We can keep going back and forth to it, some of these memories, but this is something that I'm really big on. When you're in a challenging environment, right? Um, and let me say this, I, I talk about how the bar is set every night, you know, kind of like what's a win going to look like tonight. And, uh, there is, if you're in the right headspace, not to get too spiritual here, but let's be <laughs> honest, if I'm feeling good, life is good. Things are okay. My mind is still on a shitty night. If I did my best, man, that can feel, it doesn't feel as good as these moments we're talking about, but I can walk away and be like, man, I really, you know, I really did that. I was running in quicksand all night, but to have been running in quicksand, I got there pretty damn fast. Nice. Um, so there are, but this is a big belief of mine. And, and, and I was actually driving around the other day thinking about this. Um, there are certain rooms where it's going to be tough. And let's be honest, at a certain point, you're not you're you're the best you can do you are helping you're helping shape an experience more than you're mixing pristine audio right you know what i'm saying me i'm there to salvage what i can <laughs> of this thing to get the four elements of musicality across and that might be the night where you know i joke about not having the kick drum mix that might be the night to where you kind of have a kick drum mix because you need a transient you want them to move the vocal might be way louder because they need that. They, you might be pulling things. You know, you're there to direct and control excitement, and you're more in charge of the experience than you are the um, aural masterpiece of it all. Does that make sense? It totally does. Um, yeah. You know, it's interesting. Something that I learned later on in my career is the same people are going to the same shitty gig. Mm -hmm. So they're showing up at a place and their expectations of what they've seen before mm -hmm. are pretty low. And so you being in that shitty room and like, you know, achieving what you just described, where at least you're getting across the energy and yes. the musicality and the, you know, it may not be like by your standards, it's like, oh, that was a fucking rough night you know but by the standards of the people that come to that same shitty gig mm -hmm. every time it was a pretty stellar deal like i it's funny i've done shows in some pretty shitty places and i'm 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 horrible at remembering names i'm the worst at like remembering place i'm i am that guy that walks into somewhere and as I'm walking to the backstage door, I'm like, oh, this one. Oh, right. Yeah. Okay. And all the memories come rushing back. 
But Same. then, then I lose. I it's I file that away. It's never in my brain again. So when we're here talking about him, you know, I I, I don't have an example of it. Um, but um, yeah, man. I mean, I forgot what I was talking about. <laughs> well, we're talking about leading being more in charge of the experience at a certain point. Yes. And then you dovetailed into, in that particular room, like if you're at the Tacoma Dome, for ah, example, yes, big there listening, their reference is going to be, what does the Tacoma Dome usually sound like? That's right. That's my point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 That's my point. Um, so, which is, hey, by the way, I, have you been to the Tacoma Dome recently? I've had... Talk about, yes, I've had two great shows. Me too, which is the weirdest fucking thing. Like, it is, and after the first one, I think the first one was actually with Gaga and the second one was with Bruno. Going back in, I'm like, oh, fuck, I don't know how I did that last time. And then I then again had another. It's because we're doing delay. Everyone's doing delays in there now. I really That's think right. you can get to make And you, you're doing this. Yeah. <laughs> you're doing this instead of this. Yeah. And because I remember uh, a... a a year of, or more, like four years in a row with four different artists that I would show up to that fucking place mixing Prism, front-loaded JBL, pointed flat, and I would get to that place every year and just go, I, you know, I'd start drinking at five o'clock in the yeah, afternoon because I'm like, I can't fucking make this band sound good here. Yep. Um, but recently, the weirdest thing, it's got to be speaker technology, man. I mean, I, yep. you know, I've had a couple of really great shows in there recently. Me too. Yeah. Me too. So how about, can you think of any other, like the globe in Stockholm for yes. me? It, first of all, it's a round room. In case you don't know about that place, even though the floor is flat, the building continues round underneath it. Mm -hmm. So the whole thing, they call it the globe because it's a globe, um, is mixing inside of a basketball is <laughs> you know it's like yeah that place is insane it's so tall and you, yeah you, i don't care where the pa is pointing just like you're looking you can just again i talk about tall rooms all the time how you yeah, just yeah, yeah. That shit living up there and you can't uh, it just sits there and rolls around and you know it's nasty uh, for some reason this is here's one in the states that is by no means on par with the globe do you ever do um oh it sucks so bad the eagles ballroom <laughs> Oh, now, now here's the deal for fuck as, that place. Fuck that place. But as a concert goer, it's this dark, sweaty, scary, whatever the fuck. It's probably as fun as it gets. I totally agree. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's one of those nights where you are directing the experience. Your sonic experience is a piece of shit. The concert experience could be good. But that's one of those where I just think it's, you talk about like, hollow floors and just dude just uh, those it's like nine seconds of snare drum yep and you know what that's what <laughs> i know and that that's what got me interested in live audio originally was I, I loved the concert experience like it was church to me it was just the safe place it was i mean music was in general but the concert experience was really that, and I couldn't understand. I was too naive. Well, not naive, I was just uneducated. I didn't understand. I would be like, why does this sound so bad in here? You know? And wh like, what is going on? And then I, now looking back on it, at that point in my life, when I'm in my teens, I'm going to like armories. You know what I mean? I'm in the VFWs. I'm in yeah. clubs. Yeah. I'm in the, some of the worst places you could possibly be. And at best, some guys got 
six 850s a side stacked at oh. best, you know what I mean, in the worst acoustical environments ever. So here I am. I'm like, I'm going to be the guy that writes the ship yeah. industry. And then, and then I suddenly I'm like, oh, now I understand why it was so bad. This shit's really hard. You know? <laughs> yes, but, I know. It is. Uh, speaking of 850s, um, I did a gig um, with, I can't remember, it was during my you know, uh, metal, early metal days. So it had to be Warrant or like Firehouse or Slaughter, one of those bands. Mm -hmm. uh, we're playing at a club on the water in Cleveland. Shit, I don't know, you know, 1994 or something. It was mm -hmm. um, the fall of hair, hair metal. Yep. Um, uh, and I, you know, we were reduced to playing some, you know, two, 2000 seat kind of club thing, but it was a club mm -hmm. still. Mm -hmm. um, anyway, outdoors in Cleveland, uh, speaking of 850s, I'm a head down mixer. I don't know if you've ever yeah, seen me mix. I, but I rarely look at the stage. I rarely look. I'll look up every once in a while just to see where people are. Me too. I hope people hear us say that too. There's a yeah. reason. Like I'm listening. You know, I, I want all of my senses to be focused on my hearing, not on, uh, not any of my other senses stimulated, like yeah. eyesight or all that kind Same. of stuff. Same. Anyway, I'm a heads down mixer. So I'm sitting there mixing and all of a sudden the whole like left side goes away. And I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> and I look up and the entire side of an 850 rig, which was probably shit, I don't even know, at least six, maybe eight boxes wide. It was a huge, giant 850 rig. Mm -hmm. is now in the water, oh, in the river. <laughs> and floating, floating down the river with cables, cables pulling the amps into the water. I thought you were going to maybe say like a driver caught on fire or something, you know. I've done that too. But that no, too, one, not, yeah. not in the water. I walked that entire PA from the low end. <laughs> That's amazing. That's great. It's pretty that's, awesome. That's funny. The club, they were a little mad. We, speaking of size of PAs, I remember, um, I think it was that same, it would have been the same Lady Gaga tour. We were doing stadiums all over the world, uh, and we were still in Europe. And this was, this was one of those tours where, and then you see this a lot now on the big tours, where front of house was on, on axis with one side. It was not in the middle. So I met, which is really, talk about a whole different set of challenges because you're right. not mixing in mono, but you're referencing more or less in mono. And it was in uh, the stadium there in Dublin, which that place sounds killer and it's very open. And I'm jamming along, just having a good time. And uh, the guy, one of my system techs comes up and there he just terror is in his face oh, shit. and this, this next song had started and i had of course had done playback that day and it maybe kind of moved some things around or this or that and i just remember thinking i was like it's just a little lighter the track's different but man things are good life's good i'm jamming and he is just like his family's been murdered you know oh, I mean? no. <laughs> he's looking at me and he goes to the systems engineer and everyone's panicking and it was like the whole entire left side you know, of the system, including all of its, it was weird. I don't know how, I guess it's a power distro thing, but like everything, all the adjacent arrays too on the other side were out. So that was one of those where uh. I didn't know the ship was sinking, but apparently we were going down, you know, <laughs> and but it was because it didn't happen on my watch, so to speak. And because I kind of slow stepped into it, I was actually okay with it. And I just was like, all right, this is happening, you know, and then it, awesome. slowly everything came back and, oh, uh. 
Anyway. I did a, I did a, um, I did a gig um, with uh, Ted Nugent at um, uh, what's the um, Pine Knob in yep. Michigan. So yep. he's from Michigan, so it was a huge show, right? You know, big big deal. Um, and when he plays in Michigan at Pine Knob, he always comes out on a buffalo, like a real live buffalo. As one does, naturally. Yeah, as you do. <laughs> right. um, but uh, this was in the afternoon. We were doing sound check. And um, I can't remember what box it was. It might have been 850s. It was a long time ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm mixing, and um, I'm, as I look up to see where people are, and I notice in the right side of the PA that one of the boxes has started to smoke. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, shit, I blew a driver. And as I'm looking at it, the entire row of boxes go, <gasps> Uh-huh. <laughs> smoke and then flames yeah and the dude all like everybody starts panicking you know the system engineers like you know tops over the fucking rail and starts running towards uh, right. the place and the guys on the motor just going and this yeah. thing is just going <laughs> like on fire full on the second row of shit is burning the top boxes it's yeah. just totally on fire, and it's just like, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> finally, he gets it low enough to where they can hit it with a, um, with a, a fire extinguisher, and um, How funny anyway, that. yeah. yeah, that's like you hear people talk about. You know, we. I say this as I'm sitting right behind my laptop now. Is this LV1 I've been messing with, and it's like technology is the greatest thing we have. Oh man. Until it's not. And then it's like, oh, I hate it. I wish I could just turn it on. And, you know, and, um, you know, people will talk about, you know, you booting up our super snazzy consoles and they're not mirroring or something's not seeing the network. And it's like all just, just everything's fucked and fuck technology. I wish it would just work and this and that. And it's like, yeah, remember when your like power supplies would catch on fire? You know what I mean? Like I've seen that happen many times. Not like every day mind you but i have been around many smoking power supplies for yamaha too yamaha oh, midas um, midas you know how many xl4 power supplies i've burned up in my life those things are like ovens you know and then the paragon desk is one of the greatest live sounding consoles ever made we didn't talk about that one on our no i know we should have but i never really toured with one so that's probably why but i mean those things were uh, someone was under the hood of those every single day so anyway that's that's an aside here but it's, it's funny how our problems shift and it's like <laughs> no, remember the old problems and then yeah. we talk about pas and you know we talk, I, we're talking I, about eight fifties trap boxes oh i know i know i know you know but those man if you're if you stood if just don't move because if you're in the right spot and come <laughs> it sounds amazing. But if you walk to the kick drum channel on your seven foot long console, you're going to hear 10 different mixes, you know, That's right. That's like right. Yeah, keep keep in perspective what you're bitching about these days. You know, I, you know, I think it's worth it. Um, you know, the amount of creativity that we can be, you know, I've come and you have come up in this industry where, you know, I always say this, like literally we were high-fiving when we could hear the vocal, yeah. right? I like that. When you, I like that little, you know, yeah, you, I like we've that. come from there yes. to where we are now, which is record quality with impact. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can build a mix that I would be proud um, to release as a record um, because of the speaker technology and all of these other bits and bobs, you know, we're getting a network together 
snapshot technology, all of those things, because we have those tools, we can now be this most creative. Like I think of the stupidest little fucking things. And I'm, I know you do too. You know, halfway through a tour, I'm like, you know, that one little glockenspiel right there. I think it just needs to be, <laughs> exactly. you know what I mean? Totally. And, and that's where we're at now. Right. Yeah. But the, the, uh, what we're paying the price of that is I now have to network eight computers together and boy, that fucking sucks. <laughs> like exactly. trying to get that all to work every day is, is a, is a pain in the ass. Um, so I think it's worth it. You know, we had issues back then, power supplies and that kind of shit. I feel like nowadays it's a little more heady in mm-hmm. that. And when it's not working, it's like, Oh God, this computer is not working. And I have no idea why. Um, but I think the, the journey is worth it. I think we end up with something that's, that's worth it. And if there's a, again, talk about a, a takeaway from today, <clears throat> aside from the fact that we were passionate, we worked very hard. And, and I, when I say we, I don't mean myself and Ken Van Druten. I mean all of us. All of us. Every you know? single person, yeah. And what you just said is like the payoffs work is worth it. Yeah. It is. And it just gets down to that question of how much risk am I willing to take? How yeah. many computers in the network is – because I want because <laughs> I want to do so much. But do I need – you know, and that's, that's, that's a tough one. You know, it's that's, that's a tough one. What, what do you need to get your point across? And, um, but it is worth it. Cause when it hits and it, and it, and it, and it, it hits, Oh my God. Yeah. You know, there's nothing, nothing better than that feeling. Um, we're getting close to the end here. Do you have any last ones that are? No, I mean, honestly, man, I am so just like, they all mean so much. I hate this. Not like, Oh, they all mean so much. I'm just so caring. It doesn't mean that it's just, that's where I, I just, I just every, I don't care if I'm doing an acoustic guitar at like a strip mall parking lot. I just care, you know what I mean? So they all kind of mash together and they all have their wins and losses. Um, yeah, that's awesome, man. Uh, I'm going to leave you guys with one last one that I, I love this story. Um, so uh, it's another kiss story, of course. Um, I got a, I got a million of them. Yeah. Um, but uh, but this one's great. Um, I'm working for Kiss for all of about I don't know two weeks. Like I had done rehearsals, and then um, we'd done like some production rehearsals, and this was actually I think it was the first or second show uh, that I'd ever mixed of them. Um, and the show goes down and, um, uh, I'm rolling up front of house, packing up front of house and over the radio, pooch, you got to come to the dressing room. Oh yeah. Uh, and, and I thought I had had a good show. So I was like, man, you know, here we go. Mm -hmm. Um, so, uh, I walk into the dressing room and it's Gene Simmons in a robe, all sweaty from the show. Like hadn't taken a shower, like makeup kind of half on half off like dripping off of his face whatever in a robe and uh that sounds sounds horrible it was it was horrible i'm I'm still traumatized by it um but uh i walked in and uh he goes he goes uh are you uh our new sound guy and i said um well yes yes i am gene Um, my name's ken van jordan uh people call me pooch nice to meet you and he goes i would just like to congratulate you 
we have sold more earplugs in the uh. shows. <laughs> Let me give you the backstory of that is, is that Kiss has endorsed earplugs and it's genius. You have to buy four pairs because they all have the four individual guys emblems on them on the earplug and all they are the foamies with their guy on the end yep genius so you charge 15 dollars for a pair of earplugs but now people are buying four pairs of them because they got to have gene paul you know peter and ace um but and so anyway the big deal was he goes yeah we we have sold more earplugs in the last two shows than we ever have and and it uh, my answer to him was kind of like, uh, Gene, I don't know how to take that, man. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the reality of it with Kiss was as long it was as long as it was loud as hell, and stuff was blowing up, uh, yeah. and he was flying up on platforms and shit. You're good to go. That's yeah. that's what mattered. In Audio Land was had to be loud as shit. And you know what? That's making me think. Well, real quick, we got enough time. I just yeah, hold. yeah, of course a few minutes one i'll never forget you talk about like sort of backhanded compliments and getting those over time i'll never forget being this is when i was with widespread panic long 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 time ago and we were at this place some macon city coliseum some shitty another concrete type building right and we're there and i'll never forget the building guy when it was over and he was like i mean clearly this place sounded awful that did the best i could one time when i was there and the guy was like man chris i just want to tell you it sounded so good in here it was like the building guy the gm oh wow cool and i'm like oh cool thanks a lot man and, uh, and he's like, yeah, there was just there was just something in the vocal where every time he sang, it would it hurt me. It hurt. Oh, it was just shit. like, oh, fuck me and fuck you too. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> just like, but I, I, I'm thinking of a couple uh, things now. I'm thinking of the last Forum run, which if you guys haven't seen a show in the LA Forum, do yourself a favor and go do that. It's short. Like the building is small, it's tight, it sounds great in there. It's just a great place to do a run. And the last Bruno run we did in there was one of those where there was, again, it was like it should have been shitty because it was LA and that added this or that, but it was like it really worked in my favor to where we were super dialed in, the band was playing hot, he was singing hot, and it was just endless feedback from the crowd, from the fans. And the friends, family, all over the place on on how, on how great it went, and that felt really good. It really did. Um, but it's making me think of the new win, the new metric that is with us now of your good show is the. And this is a whole other topic. We can hit it later, but it needs to be mentioned. Is the Instagram, Twitter ah. feedback that you get, oh, you know, God. and that's a whole other thing. And you yeah, just yeah. like Luff's accounts now, like we mentioned in our most recent video or one we've done recently you know believe me those things what what's coming off of this matters and getting that feedback that's the new win that's the new at after post show like checking your shit and just going am i going to be cool oh yeah uh, uh, you know, the artist yeah. hits you and it's like damn man we you know that that's a good one so yeah anyway uh, just to show where we are now where it's what's coming out of the 400 boxes and what's coming out of this little itty bitty thing right here that it both both of them matter both you know? of them matter but um often unfortunately the little one matters more because the artist is checking that yeah it does um these days um luckily like when the first iphones came out i was like this is gonna end poorly man because the microphones that they had on those first versions of iphones uh and and android phones were fucking horrible and so i had there were moments where you know uh artists were coming to me and being like well this sounds i'm like yeah 
because the fucking microphone is a piece of shit and it's all distorted. I mean, it's listen distorted. to it, right? Yeah. yeah. Now, luckily now, as we come into iPhone 11 or whatever, or 12 or whatever they're up to, um, mm-hmm. the stuff that they're putting in there is actually pretty close representation. Like I can go watch an Instagram or a Facebook and at least get the vibe of what that show was like. If I'm watching someone else's show, for example, like if I get yep. a Facebook, I could go, oh yeah, I know that that show was really good. Yeah, uh, Being there was that good. It may not be an exact representation of the show, but you can watch it and understand that being there was probably amazing. Yeah, yep. yeah. yeah for sure. But, for sure. Anyway, cool. Well, I think that's about enough of our uh, jabbering about stories. I got a million of them. Um, but, um, man, thanks for coming. Uh, I hope you guys enjoyed this one. Maybe we didn't teach a whole lot in this one, but uh, I think there was a lot of fun little, fun little jabs and comments. For sure. Um, so. Anyway, thanks for coming, guys. We appreciate you. Tell your friends. Have them subscribe. Join us on social media. We appreciate you. Talk to you later. See you, everybody.